Welcome to an all-new episode of Tap Into College Golf. I'm your host, Brandy Jackson, and after eight years of playing professional golf, unfortunately not as successfully as I would like for it to have been, I have been working in this college recruiting industry for about 13 years now, and more specifically, these last four or five years has been all about you all as female golfers out there trying to get to the next level, trying to navigate this sometimes stressful, crazy recruiting process, and just all the things that come with that and the decisions and the questions that you face and in the ultimate goal, being able to mature and develop some skills both personally and professionally. They're going to help you for this transition into college golf and college life and life after college. And, and just so many things that you can can learn from and, and develop and grow as you're going through this process. So instead of me harping on all the things that I think you should be doing and need to be doing. That is why I bring on the experts and the coaches and all those people in this industry that really know very specific to some of these topics and can really give you some insight on some of the things you may have questions about. So excited for an all new guest here on Tap Into College Golf. Welcome to a new episode of Tap Into College Golf. Um, excited as always, and just super grateful to have um, just an awesome college coach on here with me uh, that's just been doing some really cool things there at Dallas Baptist University with the program there. Uh, just came off of a win this past weekend, or it could be two weeks ago, depending on when I um, actually get this episode out. Um, and then they're actually getting ready to host their home tournament. So really excited to have Coach Kenny Trapp on here to join me from Dallas Baptist University. Thanks for joining. Yeah, happy to be here. Sure. Awesome. Well, we're just going to dive in because we spent 15 minutes trying to get onto the call to start with. So we're not, uh, don't want to take up any more of your time as I know you are getting ready to host your home tournament. As I said, you just got back from the tournament up at uh, Indianapolis, which just talked to uh, Brent Nickerson up there just this morning. So we got two great episodes with just both of y'all doing such good stuff with the, I mean, both the men's and the women's program, obviously my Forte is all about the women's program and just what you all um, are doing, you know, from that D2 level of college golf. And I just want to give you the chance to kind of talk about that and educate everybody out there on how great of an option that that is and how competitive it is and, and be able to talk a little bit about your coaching background um, and what you got into, what led you into coaching. Um, so just kind of start there. Um, I know you actually were baseball players. So I'm kind of interested to hear how that transition happened into being, uh, you know, an actual golf coach. Um, so kind of just tell us how that came about. Yeah. So just, uh, obviously grew up playing sports and knew I would eventually coach just, uh, always thought it would be baseball. And then, uh, after I finished college, played pro baseball for a few years. And, uh, when I was retired after having surgeries, the I knew the president and vice president really well here at DBU and had built a relationship with them when I was, you know, playing baseball here. And just, uh, they just came to me one day. I was going to thought I was going to help the baseball team be, you know, volunteer at first or grad assistant, whatever. And, uh, they were like, Hey, we're thinking about starting a golf program. Would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, well, they knew I just started, I played a lot of golf when I was in pro ball and, uh, so that pitch, so obviously had, you know, you pitch and have four days off. So we just constantly be playing golf and got pretty good, really fast and just, uh, loved the game. And 
And uh, yeah, so they asked me to do that. <laughs> I've uh, never looked back. It's been a, uh, it's been great. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, I just love it. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Well, and I mean, even though we've got some other questions, and this wasn't on there, like I think having a different background like that, what do you feel like that has been advantageous to you as a coach? You know, coming from a different sport, not being so kind of golf. Uh, you know, know, again, talking to some of the coaches who are, you know, golf background, teaching background, who then get into coaching. That was a little bit of, you know, talking to Brent earlier, you know, he kind of went that route, but what do you think maybe has this advantages of coming from a different sport, a team sport, um, and not as much of that, just kind of golf swing, you know, coaching thing that brought you into that maybe has given you an advantage with that. Yeah. I mean, I just think the competitive side, you know, I think that, um, Obviously, I had a lot to learn when I was younger, and I still learn. I mean, I'm still learning every day, right? I mean, track man, it's, it kind of teaches us something new. I feel like every day that we're uh, trying to learn. But, uh, yeah, just the competitive side of it. You know, I try to recruit athletes, honestly, at, you know, especially when we first started. And I was honestly getting kids that had played two or three sports, and I still do that now. But a lot of kids these days are, you know, mainly yeah. just, one, you know, one sport. So, uh, but still, I, I still – love when I get recruiting letters or talk to parents you're like oh they're you know used to play soccer they used to play tennis they, so they know how to compete and that's yeah. pretty cool which we'll get into that later about you know practices and stuff but yeah we just do a ton of competitions and not for me I feel like um that's what's helped me is just being able to be super competitive and and, and it's a little different you know some some people don't like it but that's just who we are and that's what yeah. we went with and it's worked so yeah well it seems to be working I mean I kind of skipped you know you all are the reigning national champions, isn't that right? It listed as 21, but that would be the 21-22 season. Isn't that right? No, it was actually in the 2021 in this past year. Uh, oh, in this past year. Finley. That's right. Yeah, Finley, You're right. Yep. And, and uh, we we won stroke play pretty, pretty well in stroke play. And then um, we were the one seed. Uh, Finley got in at the end. Mm. Uh, there was like 14 battling, and they got the eight seed, which we knew they were a top. Obviously, yeah. a very good team, and uh, yeah, we didn't play. You know, that's they right. played really right. well in match play, and we just we uh, we didn't play as well. And so, you get beat. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially with the whole short play into match play thing that uh, we've seen that it makes it more exciting. But I know sometimes it, uh, again, not to say it doesn't dictate the best team by any means, but it's just it has changed the dynamic a little bit of you know that national champion and and what that looks like. But you all were in twenty twenty one. I wasn't sure when I was looking at up and I do remember um Finley having won that last year so but clearly something's working um again like I said y'all just won this past tournament I think y'all were like what four under as a team maybe I had one of your girls that was like nine under one that was six under something like that so I mean I think that right there says how good you know just girls golf and college golf and women's golf and D2 women's golf and everything is getting um so it, with that maybe um uh, you know, this, what, obviously you're doing some great things there. You're, and you, you know, you talk about, it, you love what you're doing. So what really does, you kind of touched on it, but you know, when you wake up in the morning, what gets you excited to do that? And you talk about being a competitor and, and all of that. So I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but what really does kind of get those juices flowing when you know, you're, you're starting your day and you're getting ready to, uh, to get out there and coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just a passion, obviously. So you, when you're, Feel like you're called to do something it, it, it makes it fun right so you yeah. just go and, yeah um you know i get to work with some great people and and 
really just walk alongside these athletes that, you know, that they feel like they're called here too. So yeah, it's just passion and, you know, it's a journey and journey. Like we, you know, we talking about the national title. I mean, it's just, it was a process of years and years and mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. to day, You're just trying to win the day. Right. And then yeah. you look back and you, and I mean, we were, not very good the first few years. I mean, we were, I mean, almost dead last, I think, when we first started and uh, and just trying to get better every year. And that's what we've done. Like, we, you know, I show people stats on recruiting all the time that, I mean, it's almost every year since 2005 that our scoring average has gone down and our ranking has gotten better. So that's, you know, that's something to be proud of. And, the, you know, those early girls, even though they weren't shooting 72s or 65s, whatever, they bought into what we were doing. Yeah. They're, they're just as big as a part of this as anybody, right? Because if they don't buy in, I'm buying out here. Yeah, my job, yeah. Whatever. It's very um, true. Well, I mean, you get some that try, you know, starting out programs and just can't even fill the roster because it is. It's hard when you do have girls shooting certain numbers and you trying to get a good player to kind of buy in just to get you a little bit better and just a little, you know, it's it's hard from a, you know, the the girls' perspective to buy into that at that point. But um, sounds like you've done a pretty good job of doing that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And we, you know, we didn't have any facilities back then. We had one course that we got finally got to go to, but we didn't have like we do now. We just didn't have anything, right? You just <laughs> try to recruit these kids. We didn't have much money to give them. And obviously now we're fully funded and have unbelievable facilities. And yeah. so, you know, but they built that, right. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they bought in. And um, I mean, the journey has been incredible, obviously. That's I mean, great. Well, not to bring it down a notch, but a big reason for wanting to do this and shed light is to share some of the tougher, you know, more honest sides of college golf and being a coach and the the tougher parts of it. Um, Because it's, you know, unfortunately, it's not always, always great. And, you know, sunshiny days and rainbows and butterflies and all that good stuff. Um, So what is, of course, these, you know, these last couple of years has made things, you know, really tough on everybody in general and especially in college athletics. So, whether it's something with that or just something in general, what is a tough, you know, the toughest part about being a college coach that you faced? Uh, you know, obviously just being away from family is uh, for me is tougher. My kids are getting older. Yeah. So, and my wife works full time. I would say most coaches wives work full time, obviously, you know, um, but yeah, yeah. Being tough. My kids are now getting into sports and my daughter's a cheerleader, volleyball, my son's football, baseball, mm-hmm. golf, you know, yeah, so you, yeah. when you're gone what, last week, four days, and I was used to, I hadn't traveled much, you know, besides recruiting just a night here and there, but, uh, since May and it's like, Holy cow. They're like, well, yeah. you know, just ask, <laughs> like, back when you, my daughter has a phone. So she's texting me, dad, where are you? Oh. Like, Baby, I, so it's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it does, you know, they know that, you know, I'm called to do this and it's just part of it. You get there's sacrifices that we make and yeah. uh, it's just, you know, got to look at the bigger picture for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely good perspective on it. Cause it is, I know that's tough, um, tough to do. Cause I think that's the thing a lot of you know, part of the other part of this is helping these parents and players out there understand the commitment these college coaches do make to do what they do and to kind of, it basically become the family of, you know, of their daughter coming in and, and just what it looks like. And it's, you know, sometimes when the parents do get frustrated with things or, or whatever, and just understanding that, you know, you know, not, not all coaches have a whole family at home. Some are single, some don't have kids, some have kids that are already grown so many different scenarios, but how much it takes 
from a time commitment and, and dedication and the travel, you know, like I said, not just in season, but recruiting and, and, you know, it's just long days. It's a lot. Um, and so again, that was, that was a lot of really kind of wanting to, to shed some light on the, just the, the coaches and what, you know, what, what they do sacrifice and, and how tough it can be so that, you know, everybody out there listening, kind of just get a little bit better idea of what that, what that's like. So um, I know that has to be tough for sure, but like you said, it's the the bigger picture and what you're called to do. So that's what, uh, what has to that's, stay at the forefront of your mind, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, let's kind of, um, so we kind of talked, uh, we already kind of hit on um, a couple of other questions that I was going to ask. So I want to kind of dive into some, again, especially coming off such good success that you all have had and talk just some about, I just had this conversation and, and uh, again, Brett and I talked about this as well. Um, just had one with a, a family about, you know, the, the D one, I know you probably get sick of having to talk about it. Even I do, but um, you know, why it's not just that D one level across the board. That's the same. And I know this, I've, I tried to, but you know, having somebody who's there and immersed in it as to why somebody should really consider playing D2 and not be so caught up in that D1 level and what that looks like and, and the benefits and and all of that. So I know you probably have plenty to say about that. Um, so what do you think, you know, is some of those, some of that insight that you can give us? Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody wants to talk about that. and <laughs> It's just part of it, right? I mean, it's, um, but I, for me, I, I think it just depends on the, athlete what schools they're wanting to go to what i mean are they wanting to you know go to a big school so they can enjoy the football at a power five or whatever like they're, you know and then you you get some that you know you grow up in a maybe a smaller private school or something well you're going to be in for a shock if you mm-hmm. get to one of those campuses 60,000 kids there right yeah and and your first ever english class there's 750 people and you know it's just there's just a lot to consider for that and for us, I, you know, I try to recruit kids that I know I at least have a chance at. I'm not saying that always happens, but you can kind of tell yeah. and they, which ones are like, hey, I'm going to go big. Like that's, you know, well, then that saves us both time, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it just depends. Like I feel, I don't feel like we're division two. I don't ever, yeah. I mean, to me, you know, there's, and it, it's not everybody, right? I mean, that's not everybody, but there's, a lot of really, really good division two programs mm-hmm. with really good facilities. So yeah. that are even better than a lot of the mid majors and comparable yeah. to a lot of, you know, even power five. So I think part of it is just learning, like going to visit those schools. Cause then when you get there, you see like, Oh, wow, this, mm-hmm. this is even better than in some cases D one, you know, not all of them. I'm yeah. not saying oh, you yeah. know, we're, but, um, and I think a lot of that, with, especially with the international kids, um, they just get caught up in, uh, oh, only thing you can do is go D1. You know, that's what most people tell them. So they, if they've emailed you or whatever and you respond, they're like, oh, we thought you were D1. You know, I yeah. had that before. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, we're not. But we just beat that team by 40. Does that Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it does depend on, you know, you have to be able to go somewhere that you know you can be successful, right? You That everything is going to fit and make you a better player and person off the course. That To me, that's more important. Yeah. Because if you're not in a good culture or whatever, you're not going to play well. You're just not, it's not going to work. 
you know, it's it's hard enough as it is, the transition, right, for an mm-hmm. athlete coming from, especially if they're going far from home or whatever. Um, so, I, you know, I to be honest, all of our girls on my roster can play D1 golf, and a, a few could play big-time power five golf without question. Um, I just think they, you know, regardless, they just felt like they were called here or whatever, yeah. and they felt comfortable, you know, yeah. being here. So. Uh, and there's the right fit and you got to find the right fit for you, you know, uh, and the coach, you know, yeah. a lot of, I feel like it, at top D2 uh, coaches normally don't lead very much. Um, and that's the same for top D1s as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the mid-majors are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And that's a, for me, that's a, that's a big deal for athletes trying to go somewhere. And I don't blame them for leaving. Yeah. You know, you're trying to get a better opportunity for yourself, your family, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, but you got to just do your research and find the right fit for you and make sure that what they're telling you is right And when you go visit, you know. Because um, I'm very, very honest with my recruits. I tell them up front everything. I mean, we're we're open book as a program. And so I've always felt like that was the best way to do it so that there was no – they weren't blindsided when they got here after they yeah. committed, right, or yeah. and all that. So. Um, and the other part of it is looking at their travel schedules and looking at, you know, what, what, what kind of facilities they have on campus or are they flying, you know, are they just having to drive constantly to, you know, to places not, you know, cause it's a whole experience, right? You're trying to make moments for these kids and give them something to remember just besides the golf. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah that, that's my yeah, no, it's it's great. So I just let it, just kind of letting you kind of spill it all. Although I'm just, if you could see my face, I'm just sitting here like, yes, 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 because it, it's true. It and you know, you hate that. I hate that classification of one, two, and three that comes into play so much because this is in no way to knock the the smaller D1 schools, but just in in seeing this as for as long as I have, I mean you do just see there is a reason sometimes schools at the D1 level are ranked where they're at and not necessarily always their fault per se or the coach's fault, but sometimes they don't have the funding or the support from the school because they kind of know, well, you've, you know, you're finishing last in conference every year. So we're not going to give you, you know, more money and they've got just a tough job or in some cases it's not even a full-time job for the coach or again, the facilities and just getting, you know, getting them to understand, yes, that, power five and some really great mid-major programs. I mean, they, they do, you know, yes, you can't ignore the access to things and the facilities and that level and what that means. I mean, there, there's no doubt that that's the case, but especially once you get outside of that, I, I just preach and preach about how, you know, how much it's not about just being able to say you play D one golf, but for some it's okay. And they're, they're fine. It's maybe even a little more relaxed environment because it's not as competitive. And it's like you said, that culture, you know, I have some girls that want to play college golf, but if they think it's a little more relaxed and not as intense, that fits them. And then others that get there and are like, Oh, like nobody else on the team wants to practice and I want to get better and nobody else cares. And I'm like, well, that's where, you know, a higher D two or D three program kind of, gives you that environment a lot of times because you're playing for national titles and that kind of stuff. And that culture is about competing and and winning and and getting better. Um, So it's like you said, it's just finding that culture and that player coach relationship and and making sure everybody understands. And the other thing is just being honest up front on both sides for both from a player and a coach perspective so that, you know, everything you're getting into. I think that's one of the hardest misleading things about this process for both parties that you see a lot talk one thing during the process and then just find out that's just not how it is once, you know, 
once you're there and in person, unfortunately, sometimes. So go ahead. No, I was just saying like it is, I mean, even, even the top D three schools, if you get the right coach and facilities, Mm -hmm. like you will grow, you will be better. Like you're, you know, so it's, it just depends. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it depends. That's my two favorite. I seriously need, I have said, if I get a tattoo or anything, like it needs to say, it depends and just need to point to it because I use that for so much of this process because so much of it, just like I said, it does. I mean, it's just, you know, I get these parents and players come to me that they want me to give them this like one exact like path that it takes to get there. And I'm like, it is so not even remotely how this process works. Like there's so many variables and so many factors, you know, what's this admissions process? And I'm like, yeah, it's different for every school. What's this coach want? Every coach wants something different. It just depends. So, all right. I can go on a whole rant there. Um, well, what, um, you know, like, obviously you're seeing a lot of successful players come in. You're, you know, you're a great recruiter and identifying that as the junior players. What do you see, you know, whether when looking at them as juniors and what makes you kind of really see one player over the other and then, and getting there, what are some of those traits and things that stand out that you see a player being able to be successful and and have a great college career? Yeah. I mean, we're just trying to find people that love golf, I mean, I have only three things that I look at recruiting and it's simple. I try to keep it really simple, but love golf, love to compete. And then they have to be willing to buy into our culture. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously we're a Christ in our school, so it's, it's different. And, uh, but they have to understand that or it's not going to work. And when they get here, if they're having to, you know, if they have to go to chapel or they have to take a, uh, a Bible class, they're going to be like in shock if I don't tell them all those things. Right. Yeah. And be up front with them. So they have to be willing for that. And, um, but once we get them here, you have to be, I mean, your time management and discipline has to be really good. Right. I mean, you're here on campus for like a week. We start practice the next week. We're traveling. Like you, there's no time. Like you have to be disciplined. You have to, you know, love to be uncomfortable. The only way to grow is to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the way it is. And, um, and then you have to make sacrifices as far as, you know, everyday life. Like you're not going to be able to go out at night. You're not going to, you got to eat good food. You got to take care of your body. Your body's going to break down. If you don't, you're going to get sick. Yeah. I mean, if you're not getting the right sleep, you know, all of those things matter. And we, I'm constantly preaching that, especially the freshmen, because it's such a change for them. Right. And um, from coming from home or whatever, and I even tell the ones I'm recruiting that I get on campus, you know, maybe right now, which is like 24s that are on campus this month. I'm like, look, you need to start doing this now. So it's not a shock to you. You know, um, yeah. but yeah, just the time management and all, all the things, right? I mean, you just have to make sacrifices to, if you want to be great, and um, just that's just part of it. That's part of being a college athlete. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you you actually kind of hit on a couple of my the other two questions I had said, which you know, what can they do? Which uh, it's like you said, I think they're you can prepare for it. And if you have any advice for the parents out there, definitely want to hear that to help them prepare for that. Although. I think the more you kind of see it, you can only do so much to prepare. And it's not like it's a cram session. It is a, a way of having habits and ways about how you live your life and your priorities and stuff that really dictates that. And I think you can only change that so much in terms of preparing. Again, I think that's what, from a uh, coach perspective, in terms of recruiting those athletes is trying to see which ones of those hopefully possess as much of that as possible versus trying to all of a sudden prepare for that. But you know, what are some things that they can maybe be doing, or especially as the parents, maybe just trying to help these kids just get 
a little bit more acquainted with that transition and, and, you know, just being a little bit more prepared for what that's going to look like as junior players. Yeah. I mean, part of it's holding them accountable, right? Like that's yes. the hardest yeah. thing to do is to, when you love these kids and you love obviously your own kid. And, and but when you get kids here and it, it's even hard for us, right? Cause when you love people like we do, it's hard to hold them accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, that is love. So you, you have to be able to do that. And, um, and I, for me, I, and I told a couple of recruits recently this, that they, you know, they were, this is a big, you know, before your junior year, summer's the biggest, you know, kind of deal and our sophomore year, depending on what you're looking at. And they're playing a lot and traveling a lot. I, I thought, I thought one of them was playing too much. I'm like, you just played seven weeks yeah. in a row. That's just a lot of golf, yeah. you know? So just, you know, understanding that we, I never try to play more than two in a row, Yeah. but just understanding schedule and, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't play more than probably 15 events. I mean, it, not only is it expensive, it just wears the kid down. They don't have time to practice. They don't have, you know, cause in college we're playing 11 to 13 events. That's if you go to nationals, you know, kind yeah. of deal. And then obviously play, you know, four or five in the summer, but some of those are qualifiers and you got to make that qualify, you know, you know how that goes. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the parent needs to understand that too. Right. They can help prepare them like hey we don't need to be playing four weeks in a row like which college is playing four weeks in a row none True. you know mm-hmm. i mean very rare that people play that many times in a row and, uh, but just hold them accountable like hey let, let them write down their commitment you know i'm not a big goal person i've never written down a goal in my life but i'm a commitment person like you do these things what you're trying to do is gonna res- the result's gonna happen right so yeah let's write down some commitments let's stick to those and i'm not saying you can't have fun and, you know, do other things. That's not what it's about, but you got to be disciplined, right? You're going to have to make sacrifices if you want to be great. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I would tell them, write down some commitments, hold them accountable to those as hard as that is sometimes for a parent to do that to a 16, 17 year old, 18 year old kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause my, my daughter's about to be 13 and it's, it's already getting there. So uh, I understand, but we, you know, to love them is to hold them accountable. So, yeah. I like that. And I love it. So you mentioned that about not being a goal person. And I've, I've tried to make myself be one. I go all the way back to my college days and my coach, Mick Potter, um, who's now at Alabama used to give me such a hard time because he would sit down and want to know like what our goals were. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have any, I just, you know, I just, and it wasn't the best thing. It was a very lackadaisical attitude and mentality I have, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear, I've read several books and you may have as well, as well, you know, about the, uh, burn your goals and, you know, don't set those goals yeah. and everything. So I like that word commitment. And that's, again, I'm so big on the, the process out of things and not, you know, trying, you know, not getting so caught up in that, that end result for stuff, which is easier. It's all easier said than done. But uh, for me personally, I've always struggled with, that setting goals thing, because again, you've got to have the discipline and the commitment and that's where it matters and, and focusing on that more. Um, so here any that word commitment, like, um, versus, you know, goals is, is definitely a good perspective there for sure. All right. Yeah, just, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. We just got uh, a little delay. So, so go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like, cause <laughs> you know, everybody's at a different stage of their golf game when they get here yeah. or whatever and different, uh, they may have a goal, but it might be easier for somebody else to reach that goal. But what, tell me your commitments, tell me what you're yeah. going to do. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what, right? how are you going to get better each day? So that's, awesome. that's kind of what, 
You know, I tell the girls and I even have to tell myself that I have to have commitments, right? To be the mm-hmm. best coach I can be. I have to be able to do that too. I have to make sacrifices just like they do. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's very cool. Well, like I said, I love that that relatability and, and can definitely relate to that with running a business and, and trying to tell these girls things to do. And I have to remind myself, oh, I guess I got to do that myself. I got to be better at that myself, too. And, you know, time management and the discipline at all, you know, as coaches, uh, I know sometimes the players may not see that, but you're, you know, you're dealing with some of those same types of things that you're trying to instill in them. And I think that vulnerability for them to understand that, you know, you're trying to get better just like they're trying to get better, I think just makes it, um, I, to me, I think it just always makes it more real and easier to relate to and easier to trust that person knowing that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to do these things myself and, um, just sets a much better example, I think for, for those athletes out there. Yeah. It's the same for me. If I'm not selling, I'm not pushing myself. Enough, yeah. Right. So yeah. It's part of that trying to let them understand when I do make a mistake to tell them like, Hey, I, I'm not perfect either. So let's yep. grow together and walk alongside yep. each other best we can. That's all you can do. Yep. That's, that's awesome. I love it. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit and then we'll wrap up with uh, any other kind of little bits of advice, but I want to hit on these kind of quick questions that well, they may not all be quick questions, but some of them are, but just a little more insight into just the kind of the day in and day out and the culture of your team and, and what they do and the things that you all do and just shed a little bit of, a light on the fun, a little bit more fun side of things. Um, so c- tell me what your favorite drill is that you do with the team or that the team does. Well, we, you know, we're a huge competition team. So yeah. everything we do is revolves around competition. So, I mean, even our practice rounds, most coaches are, they let their kids do whatever they want. They chip around they can hit different shots. We actually play our practice rounds are a real round. So um, now we'll chip and putt afterwards. Right. But yeah, I mean, after the whole, we finish the whole, we'll chip and putt or whatever. I'll, you know, we'll go over stuff, but, um, but during the round, it's, I'm trying to make it as real as it possibly will be the next morning, you know, when they're okay. really playing. So in the same thing as practice, we have a short game facility on campus. Um, that's about 90 yards and a couple of bunkers and 7,000 square foot green. So we are, there a couple of times a week and, and obviously they can use it anytime, but when we're there in practice, we're doing competitions. I mean, just over and over, I'll split them up. I'll let them do team stuff all together. It just depends on, you know, kind of what we're doing, even on the range we're doing, they know we, you know, we'll do obviously some range work, whatever we're working on, you know, chaplain and stuff like that with girls is, yeah. we do that a ton or in clubs, but, and then trying to optimize our drivers. But at the end of that, they know a competition's coming. So yeah. how did, what's, how do we get better today? And let's see the result of that. Right. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, it's not a particular drill because yeah. we do so many. Just well, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just, that's just what we are. And if it, you know, if you're uncomfortable in that, I'm going to find that and I'm going to make it worse for you to try to get you comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I like said, that. how you grow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It is exactly it. And and doing that, like you said, in practice, my my coach always he made the comment, you know, I like to make practice so hard that tournaments feel easy. 
And, you know, I think that that yep. speaks a lot of it. And when I did do a little bit more player development and some, some teaching early into my business, I loved when we'd set something up and, you know, I'll tell the player, you know, we do a nine foot, seven, five, three foot putt and they'd get to that three footer. And if they missed it, you know, they had to start back at the beginning and just the frustration of it. And, you know, just the, they get mad. I'm like, this is what, this is what it takes. Like, this is what you hate it. But like, I love to see this. I love seeing you get you know, frustrated and, and upset about it. And, you know, that's, that's what it means. You're getting better instead of just going through the motions. So. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you just have to, when we leave practice, they know something's coming, right? We, yeah. It's going to be a four foot slider that everybody has to make before we leave. And then I'll even do things where they have a partner and they have to make it for their partner or their partner have to run. Yeah. Like there's awesome. different ways to get their up and they have to understand, they have to be able to mentally block that stuff out and, I'm, yeah. Yes, I'm trying to make it as hard as possible. Yeah, you know, to it's easier when it like for sure. Very cool. All right, what's the funniest or maybe worst prank that the team's ever played on you or on each other? Anything? Uh, I, not nothing particular. Probably, probably nothing I can say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Brent uh, Coach Nickerson had to ask whether he could tell his or not, and I gave him permission to tell his, but he had a pretty good one. He had to ask yeah, if he could yeah, talk about it or yeah. not. Well, I mean, we're very, very uh, close team, so we're very sarcastic with each other on yeah. trips, and they, but in a good way, right? Like we, yeah. they, I'll find something that their weakness, and I just, I'm, I'm all over them, and uh, and they do the same to me. There's no, yeah, but something Nothing in particular, I, I, I can't just, I can't think of something right off the top yeah. of my head, but okay, there's, um, but yeah, it's uh. We're, we're, it's fun. We have a really, really, so you got to have thick skin to, to play in our program. <laughs> sure. That's good. Nothing. Well, again, I think that's where the competitor comes out. You got to be able to, you know, deal with the the uncomfortable and uh, you know, all of that. I think that's, you got, I think you've got to have tough skin to be a true competitor. I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's any, any way around that. So, um, all right. Well, speaking of being on the road, having fun, what's their favorite restaurant to go eat at? Yeah, I was, uh, and some of the girls were in here hitting this morning, and I was like, hey, what's our favorite? Like, because we bounce and we go different, different. places okay. all the time. That's one of the things I try to create when we're on these trips. Not only, obviously, we're, we're there to play at a very high level, but the other thing is just trying to give them moments, right? Like, mm-hmm. so we go to where, like, we were just in Indy. I try to find the nicest restaurant I can find that is local, not just a chain, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we found this, like, a nice, restaurant it was kind of a slaps winery um phenomenal holy cow it was wow. really good so cool. we just try to do that and they get rewarded like that obviously they won so they got to go to a very very nice um but uh yeah we just bounce around I, you know their favorite cold stone how about okay. that there you go yeah well and again the, that's what yeah, i love I mean, about no. this is how different you know some like have just this one go-to the coach or the player just knows that an answer and then it's others it's just again that's the whole it depends like it's just different yeah. so i, I love we're that trying, but we're trying to find a local place that we wouldn't get to have here in dallas yeah. of course here in dallas we have pretty much everything but as far as chains go yeah um but yeah just trying to i, I we used to get sweets a lot but i Part of that is me. I gave up sweets and fried food about three years ago, so that's kind of hurt their cold yeah. <laughs> uh, stone. But we, I still take them, and sometimes I, I, I don't. I just won't give it in. They know yeah. I won't eat it. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it, cool. it's like, the new one is uh, is it 
cookie, cookie crumble or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, that crumble too. cookie. Yeah, we have one of those here in yeah, Greenville. Oh yeah. yeah, those are dead. Those are those are trouble for sure. We did yeah. that this week too, so we got a little bit of that. So, yeah. Uh, but we, you know, I'm very very uh, fortunate to have a really good budget, so we kind of get to nice. do what we want. So. That's so, good. Nice to have. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That is good to have. Um, what about, do they have any kind of go-to snacks for on the golf course that they always want to always request or always eaten? Yeah. Uncrustables. I mean, who doesn't like an Uncrustable? <laughs> it's like a, it's a basically a donut on the golf course, right? Uh, so, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I got some friends who love them. Stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not real crazy about them. To be honest, I'd rather make my own PB and J. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, they do. Yeah, they love, love I mean, they love yeah. the grape, strawberry. They love the, you know, I guess the Nutella in there. That's really like a donut, right? So, mm-hmm. but then it just depends, you know, some of them like, we get beef jerky, we get the pretzels with peanut butter in it. They, you know, obviously love the, all the granola bars and, and yeah. the fruit snacks, which I try to limit those. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then bananas, some of them, you know, love the bananas. So, yeah, it just depends on the kid, but they're going to get, they'll, they'll have their, choice of what they want because <laughs> when we go to the store the so, night before they send a list of what they want right or they go with me to pick it out so yep yep i remember definitely remember those days i think that is what's created this i'm like the snack queen i'm like known for like always having snacks and always have it with me and i tell everybody i was like think that's just the golfer you're just used to you're gonna be on golf course you've got to have snacks and things are not gonna hold up for long so like you've got you have that like always, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but always thinking about like snacks and making sure I have food if I'm going to be somewhere for a while. And I just, I I take that back to my golf days. You you can never have enough snacks for a 36 whole day. That's (laughs) That is very true. Very, very true for sure. Yes. Um, We didn't have a whole lot of 36 whole days collegiately for me, but you're definitely seeing a lot more of that. I know the D2 schools play a lot more 36 whole days, but even a lot of your D1s are going to that even a little bit more just course timing, all that kind of stuff, just to um, you know, not take up the golf course for as many days. Yeah, I All don't right. think we we used to not play thirty six D two ever. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we would only play thirty six, not fifty four. So we gotcha. Just really started doing that the last six or seven years, and I don't, I won't even play in an event if it's thirty six holes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we last year and this year. I know I'm not. It's all fifty four. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a long way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Is there a song that they play that y- you just hate that the team plays on the bus or a type of song? Yeah, I'm not a big rap guy, so they'll try to <laughs> mix those in. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not real big on that. I'm, I'm a Texas country guy. Yeah, so, you and uh, Brent, he said the yeah. exact same thing. He said anything besides rap or hip hop was his exact, his same words too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I'm not the biggest rap guy. Um, yeah. But then they they love pump it up. They love that. I, you know, I let them play that in the band before they get out and get them going right before they go stretch nice. together. So nice. So, uh, is there any rituals or superstitions that the team has or that you have? No, not really. Okay. I mean, I you know, we don't. I'm not a big superstitious guy, and so I, I don't know. If you're a baseball player, and you're not a superstitious guy. I feel like that. Like it's just like automatic. I feel like. Yeah, I don't do one thing or what. Yeah, I don't have yeah. any rituals or whatever. The kids may have some that maybe I just don't notice. Maybe they do them. I'm not a yeah. kid. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we meet right before they go out and play after we're warming up or whatever. And 
uh, pray together and just, yeah, go home, try to dominate the day yeah. and win the day. So there you go. Hey, that's, that, that's pretty good ritual in itself to try to dominate the day. I think that's pretty good, uh, good ritual to have, I think. Um, all right. Last one. Is there like a, your least favorite word or phrase that the girls say, or that you hear that you just cringe every time somebody says it? Yeah. When they say bad bounces, that's bad ba- just, oh, yeah. okay. all right. That's a good yeah. one. That's, uh, I mean, I just, there's no such thing, right? Like everything's an opportunity, right? Yeah. You know, there's no, I mean, it's golf, right? So, um, and, and it, it, I feel like anything that happens is your best interest anyway. When you look at it that way, mm. there's no bad. So, I mean, you hit the shot, right? You're in control. That's the greatest thing about golf. You, there's nobody else to blame. Like, yeah. You, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is good and bad sometimes because when you have nobody else to yeah. blame. Yeah. <laughs> For the mental side, right? But uh, now when you, you just got to look at the bigger picture and understand, like, hey, man, I got a chance to get this up and down. I got a chance to whatever. So, yeah. And that's the thing with team golf versus individual golf. Like, it, you could be, you know, six over for the tournament, you know, and no chance to win, but you bury the last two holes, your team can win. And that's what yeah. that's what makes it so great, you know? Very true. Um, and this, you know, obviously this week we played very well and some girls made a lot of hurries and, it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to watch. And yeah, that's, that, um, for sure. I bet that was, yeah. Winning is always, always fun. Um, but I yeah. love that. Bad yeah, like I, I love that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We ain't never taking it for granted. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Well, as we wrap this up, I mean, I know it, like I said, it took us a little bit extra time to get on here, so I don't want to take too much more of your time, but if there's, Anything else that we didn't go over that you want to share? Again, we've got you know a lot of parents and, and young young girls out there who listen, even some other college coaches who who jump on these calls or these uh, episodes as well. So anything you want to, any parting words and advice you want to leave with everybody? Yeah, just try, you know, I would say go to as many places. I tell recruits all the time when they're here and they, I can tell they love it or whatever. I'm like, Hey, make sure go visit other places. You, there's, you want to be able to compare, right? You got to be able to know where you feel like you're called to be. And you'll know, like there, I always tell people, like, if you're called here, you better be here, Like yeah. you need to come. If you're not, well, then I'll help you try to find somewhere else. And I'll let you know, like, Hey, that's a great program. That is a very good coach. Yeah. And he's going to make you better on and off the course. So, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, I mean, you can, Text coaches, you know, when you're finally after your junior, after your sophomore year, you can, I mean, there's plenty of resources, right? Yeah. So we'll just dig in and find out and go s- spend time with the players, right? Go When you're on a yes. visit, spend, you will know. They will reveal themselves very, <laughs> they can't I'm help glad them. you said that. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, you got to know, like it's the surface stuff surface level stuff and yeah, you got to dig deep and find out how they practice how how's the coach on trips how's you know whatever so that's why i've always been an open book like i so like i want that kid to know so when they're here i can coach them hard right and get yeah. the best out of them i don't want them getting here and they they feel like they're not called here well i ain't gonna be able to coach that person hard it's not gonna work right yeah so yeah yeah that's you know that's yeah that's it. that's great uh, but, it's it's a, it's a lot of great but you gotta love it you gotta yep. love it I mean, it's, it's every day, right? I mean, it is, you got to love golf and you got to love to compete and that's, you know, or it's going to reveal itself too (laughs) real fast. Oh yeah, it will. Yeah. Like you said, when you, I mean, it's, it's, in some ways it's not as much golf, I think, as some girls think it is where they just think, well, I'm going to have all this time to practice and get better. And like, you know, I'm I'm on this great path. And I think they don't understand that in some ways it's not as much as you think it is in terms of that opportunity, but yet at the same time, it is 
so much more than some of them anticipate taking on and don't quite understand. I said, you got to love it and you got to, you got to want to be there and, and, you know, do your work to find, find that place that's going to fit. Um, I do like that a little bit of that change in the process where I've seen girls have, like you said, meeting the team, because that's what I tell them, you know, you're going to get more of the reality and the truth behind things when you get to actually meet the team. And for a long time, you really weren't seeing that as much because everybody was taking these official unofficials and just meeting with the coach and making their decision based on that. And I have loved being able to the girls to get that chance a little bit more. And I really, really push that doesn't always happen, but it's just like you said, you do, you see so much more about a, I've seen decisions made much more based on the players that did get to meet the team and spend time and feel what that was like versus just sitting down with a coach and talking to a coach or maybe having one girl, you know, walk them around campus or something that's been a big deciding factor. If that's, uh, you know, doesn't always work out that way, but if you can um, definitely makes a big difference there, I feel like too. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you um, so much for taking the time. I know you're in between tournaments and, you know, getting ready to host tournament and everything. So I really appreciate you hopping on and, and sharing all this insight. And I just really just felt this up this season, wanted to make sure we tapped into a little bit more about kind of the, I had coach, um, uh, Garner from Rollins on during one of the first seasons, but just wanted to bring in some more just to show across the board, what this college golf life is about and how it's just, you know, some of the the preconceived ideas and everything of what it might look like at, at a D2 level. So I really appreciate um, your time and, and information and um, advice. And I'm sure everybody out there did as well. Um, so thanks for, thanks for joining and for everybody out there listening in. I hope you got some great, great insight here and, you know, coach Trapp have a, a great rest of your season. And again, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on and you know, best of luck to you as well. I know that uh, I can just tell from following you on social media and, and everything that you're doing an incredible job. These these players are learning not only about golf and recruiting, but about life as well. So that's huge. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. Mm-hmm.